it was like that kind of classic experience you can hear described sometimes when people come out to their friends and their friends are like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Discovering that there's actually a word, because I'd always prior to that said that I didn't feel male or female, and now there's a word for it, and it's non-binary, and that's been amazing. It's so important to create the spaces where people feel safe being themselves and and light the fire under my ass a little bit to to kind of make those spaces happen or do whatever I can to contribute to that or that representation. What queer identity has done is it's just opened up life for so many relationships, not needing to have these prescribed societal forms. Things have this ability to be malleable. Deserts are for folks who want to know something deeper. I mean, the desert is gay as hell. This is Lift Up, a show that elevates LGBTQ plus voices in the high desert. We're happy you're here. That is how queer people have always um, strengthened themselves with our creativity. We're really blessed as gay people already challenging the rules because that's all being creative is. This episode, we have a conversation with Zachary Johnson. My name is Zachary Johnson. I go by he, him pronouns. Um, I've lived in Moab my whole life, 31 years. Besides seven years I spent in Salt Lake, but hometown, Moab. I grew up here, lived here till I was 18. Then I went on a mission. After that, I came out of the closet and I was just like, I can't be around my family at this moment. I need to go learn how to be a gay person. So I spent seven years just like Provo, Payson, Salt Lake, all over those valleys, meeting people. And then about four years ago, I came back and I've been here ever since. I, I don't know, I was feeling a little lonely up there. I wasn't talking to the friends that I had made so much. Then my parents who owned the hotel that I'm now managing, um, they needed some help, so I came down. I thought it was a good place to just like reset. And then I totally planned on going back to Salt Lake. But then I met my now boyfriend, I have dogs here. I'm pretty attached to here now, but uh, it was just, I was going to come back to reset, and then I decided, no, I like to live here now. Coming back to Moab now is like a new lens. I'm seeing it from a queer perspective. Before, I was like, very much, I need to hide everything about myself and pretend that I am straight. I dated girls in high school. I had three girlfriends, and they all broke up with me because I wouldn't kiss them. (laughs) And I feel like maybe it was obvious to people that I was queer, but they never said anything to me. They were never like, are you gay? Everyone was in denial about it. And there may have been more open-minded people um in Moab, but I didn't know them. (laughs) The only people I knew were the uh, more conservative ones that I was scared of. Every single day I had um, 
a seminary teacher. I had all of my leaders, all the adults in my life constantly telling me that being gay is a bad thing. And that's my experience in Moab. And so when coming back to Moab, it's more like I'm a confident person now. I don't, and I don't talk to those same people. People I meet now have to be okay with me or else I won't talk to them again. And I didn't have that confidence as a kid. I always knew I was gay. I had crushes on my brother's friends when, as early as like six years old. And I didn't even know what it was. Um, my mom would watch television shows where there was gay people. And I'm like, I don't know what that is, but I'm that for sure. Um, but it was probably not until I was like 12 or 13 years old that I really realized what gay was and that I was it. And then it was like everywhere I went, I was not confident in myself. I was known for being just a very quiet kid because I didn't want anyone else to ever know that I was gay. It was definitely something I felt a lot of shame about. Um, School sports, going to church, just like... It seemed that everybody would hate me if I came out. <laughs> and so I kept it secret, and I felt very alone here in Moab growing up. And I don't think that I ever really got to be myself. Um, I was always a nervous person, kind of in a shell of myself. I didn't know any gay or lesbian or trans people. I, it was not until I moved to Salt Lake that I started meeting them. I grew up religious as um, my family was very conservative and they took me to scouts and my life was very much church and uh, I don't think that I had the opportunity to really know any queer people here in Moab. When you ask me, who are my queer icons growing up? I'm just like, I don't, I didn't know anybody in real life, but um, there were people. Even if I didn't remember their names, I'm just like, see them on TV for a split second. And I'm like, okay, that person's different. And they're happy. And <laughs> um, with my nephews and nieces, I just like always want to show them that there's an alternative. I was I was thinking of this story. Uh, um, I was hanging out with my two nephews who are like who are like three and five years old, and there was my sister's sister-in-law, but she was only she's only five years old, and she keeps hounding on me, like really asking me, "Why are your nails pink? Why <laughs> why are they pink?" And I'm like, "Because I think pink is a cute color." And my nephews are defending me because they're used to it. And they're like, oh, no, he's, he always has pink nails. And she, But she is like, no, only girls paint nails. Only they are allowed to do that. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you can do whatever you want. Just not trying to, like, convince her of anything other than, like, 
Girls can do what they want. Boys can do what they want. I enjoy when I am um, demonstrating for other people that it's okay to just do things differently. So my story growing up as a member of the Latter-day Saints being Mormon um, here in Moab was one that I understood that I was gay, but I could never tell people that. And I was always scared that people would find out. So I was very quiet. People would always be like, Zach is so quiet. You got to worry about the quiet ones. He's just so quiet. And people just assumed I like didn't know how to talk for most of my childhood and teenage years. Um, but that was just because I thought that if I said anything to p people that they would um, figure it out. <laughs> and it was a secret. And I was always told by all my church leaders and... Uh, some in particular that really hated gay people, they would make points in telling me, telling everyone, but it always felt very much to me, like sitting down in a classroom and during the times of Proposition 8, where um, it was a hot topic, there were leaders that would always turn their sermons into just how evil gay people were. So I felt like I was evil, and I tried really hard not to be, and I was very into my faith. And um, eventually I go on a mission at 19 years old, and I go to Santiago, Chile, and I am doing my best, and I am plan on marrying a woman when I get back. I'm even writing one. And then I become... It's about a year into the mission, and I have a companion who I am just get along with so well. He's Brazilian, so he speaks Portuguese. He's not been in the mission long enough to really speak Spanish. I speak Spanish-ish at this point, but, like, we got along. It didn't matter that we didn't speak each other's language perfectly. We really enjoyed each other, and... Um, <laughs> one night we were intimate with each other and we were, uh, it just kind of happened not to go into too many details about that night in particular, but then we felt guilty about it because the mission in my, um, opinion is kind of a, <laughs> a brainwashing a moment like they say that you are the person you're converting most on your mission you go on one to convert people but you are living mormonism 24 7 and really that's all your thoughts so i have this experience with my companion and then feel so guilty about it that 
I told the mission president what had happened and long story short, we get sent home and um, I have to tell my parents over the phone that I'm gay and I've never told them that and it's on an airplane in the airport <laughs> going back to the United States from Chile that they f- get told from their son that he's been living a lie his whole life and um the weeks that followed were just very much like who do you want to be do you want to go be gay somewhere else or do you want to keep trying to be mormon and um work it out with this family and i'm like <laughs> uh kind of a broken person dealing with this like active trauma <laughs> if you know what i mean um so I say, no, I'll keep being Mormon. And they send me to conversion therapy for a few months. And fortunately, it was, um, it didn't, it didn't stick. <laughs> After going through the conversion therapy, I had decided that, no, I'm just going to be um, a queer person now. And I didn't talk to my parents for a few years after that. They were not, they they didn't hate me, but there was definitely just um, nowhere to build there. And eventually, I've gotten to a point where I do talk to my parents more. But uh, the faith that I grew up with uh, did not accept me. And when I stopped going to conversion therapy, they excommunicated me. And I've... Mm, really had to just find out who I was without Mormonism, which was my whole life. And I feel like growing up the way I did was traumatic and has made me... I don't want to blame them for everything that's gone wrong in my life, but, you know... um, Anyway, I feel like that's my story. At least we can take a break right there. It never really leaves you. And so when things aren't going well and you're not living by the church standards, you kind of blame yourself for like, are they right? Were they right? Should I have lived a certain way? It just didn't feel like there was any room for me in Mormonism growing up. And growing up in Moab, even though it is a diverse community, my childhood was still very much the church. And everything I said about wanting to be who I am and like the gender not mattering to me as much because I just want to, if, if something looks cute and fun to me, I'm just going to do it. And that's not how growing up in any faith is, but particularly Mormonism, 
all of the men wear white shirts and ties. You don't even get to choose a different color of shirt. <laughs> and I have said um, <laughs> to my family, I'm like, don't expect me, not even at a funeral, to show up in a suit and a tie. I did that for a year in Chile. If you want me to dress up <laughs> ever again, expect something like a lacy pattern, lacy frilly shirt. <laughs> because there's no way I'm going to be that anymore. I'm not that. go back to the way things were. <laughs> I am glad that I am a gay man who might be non-binary. Stay tuned. <laughs> Freshly kicked out of my religion and like at the very f beginning of finding myself as a gay person, I needed to be surrounded by other gay people and it really helped me. It was, I mean, there were ups and downs. <laughs> Not everyone that I met was helpful to me, but like living in a city was definitely important to me. But now I'm getting older. <laughs> I'm in my 30s and it's just less important for me to meet everybody i'm pretty okay i'm lucky to have a boyfriend in moab and two dogs that we're raising together and we're very gay together so i guess right now all the gay i need is um loving me and we're spending all of our time together so i guess i've settled down <laughs> but um, to, yeah, just to answer your question, like, I don't know. I don't think I need to leave Moab and be in a queer city where it's um, gay culture all the time because I, I get it from my entertainment and my <laughs> partner. So I could, I could see myself staying in Moab. And the uh, community that even though they're not gay they're very supportive there's a lot of supportive people here i don't feel hated i don't feel scared in moab i i'm just so confident that i can be as queer as i want to be in any space and i'm i got my own back nobody can threaten me around here because i wouldn't let them Maybe it depends on uh, the week <laughs> because Moab gets different crowds. And honestly, I might have felt more safe a few years ago than I feel currently because the kind of tourists I've been noti noticing visiting Moab more often seems to be more aggressively conservative. Not all of them, but there seems to be more of that crowd. Have you seen that <laughs> at all? People are more polarized in general. So you got people more supportive than they've ever been, but you have people more hated, hateful than they've been in a while.
But in a weird way, I'm like, that's why I'm not scared. Even if mm. something bad happens to me, then it's... Um, there will be a support that comes from it. <laughs> I feel like if there was anyone... I don't know. I was going to say that was picked on for being queer in this community. They'd really stand up. But there has been a few people that have been harmed for being LGBT in Moab. I don't really know the story specifically, but I think of like a few people that, I don't know. It's a good question. Is it safe in Moab for a gay person? Unsure. <laughs> I guess I also just benefit from the privilege of every day. Zachary is um, not overly feminine, but I like to be, and I wish I was more. <laughs> RuPaul says that we're all born naked, the rest is drag. We're all just putting on a performance at all times. And what most people seem to choose is, like, safe. <laughs> I think a lot of people are jealous <laughs> that they don't feel comfortable um, expressing themselves in different ways. They have to kind of look the same as their dad did or their mom. Not that there is anything inherently wrong with masculinity, but, like... When you feel like you can't branch out of that at all, that's the problem. I love masculinity. I have this beard. The radio listeners aren't going to see it, but it's like six inches long now. And I'm hairy all over. And I'm just a very mountain man looking dude. But then I'm like, I love being a man. I just also love all the womanly things in the world <laughs> i want both sides at all times maybe i should be non-binary people like to combine their fat phobia into their transphobia they're more upset when a larger person is expressing different gender for whatever reason i don't know if that makes sense and like right now in my life wanting to wear the dress down main street but also being the heaviest I've ever been. It's like, no, I'll lose uh, 50 pounds first, and then I'll figure out my gender identity because, I don't know, just the way that people pile on their hate. <laughs> it's, I don't know, we're all just people in these bodies trying to dress them up and look cute. <laughs> no, here in Moab, I feel like people are very fit in general. <laughs> And I'm kind of an anomaly, just, I don't want to sound like I hate myself, but I am, like, larger than most people. And so it's like, day to day, I'm less nervous about people judging me about being gay, because I am confident with my homosexuality, but then there's a part of me that I'm less confident about. <laughs> it's the whole fashion industry and what we've been trained into thinking is aesthetically pleasing i feel like somebody with a quote-unquote perfect body can just wear anything and they won't be judged too much because it's a fashion moment for them but when somebody with a 
different kind of body walks down the street with something not traditional, it really stands out and gets judged so much harsher. So, you know, I guess that's where I am. I try to express my gender nonconformity with carrying a purse around, painting my nails, and just like, then I'm scared to wear a dress because I don't know how that fits on my body. <laughs> but I still want to. I want to express myself. I want people, when they see me anywhere in Moab, just kind of know that I am queer. Is that is that normal? <laughs> to just want to be easily recognizable as queer <laughs> when you are one. Because it's important for people to see it, everyone to see it. The ones that are also queer being like, another one of me is out on Main Street. Or a kid that just doesn't get to, even if they're not a queer kid, it's important that straight kids see that there are queer people out there living their best life. And then they're not going to hate them so much when they get older. <laughs> I feel like it's always these baby steps. And like, I am jealous of big cities like LA and New York, where... There's so many gay people. Gay LGBT is everywhere over there. But then you have these rural areas where you don't you don't see it as often. <laughs> and so anyone that's out there dressed, being themselves, it's it's great visibility. That's my message. That's what I really want to come out here and say. It's like I want to see more visibility. <laughs> um. Tourists come here to mountain bike and jeep and raft. They're here with their exercise clothes. It's not like it's a fashion show moment. Mm -hmm. You don't come to Moab with your most flashy, fabulous outfit. So I don't know. There could probably be a lot more queer people around here. I just don't realize it. They're not. <laughs> they're not dressed in an obviously gay way. They're not um, Billy Porter. <laughs> just head to toe fabulousness. Was my sister in law sent me a video of Patagonia a few days ago and was like, This is the best person ever. I love this. Watch this video. And I did. And it was them parodying um, Lindsay Lohan skiing down a mountain. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is what we need more of, especially in Moab. Why can't there be more fabulousness on the rocks? A drag queen. Moab needs a drag queen. That's just Moab's own drag queen. And it's not me, but I will produce you. I'll like help. I'll sew your dress for you. But like, I, you know what I mean? It, I thought it was really powerful that there were all these drag reading hours all around the country because that was like uh, showcasing gay art to the community. But then that got attacked. So if like, what could we do that strengthens Moab that doesn't get attacked? I mean, maybe it's worth a little attention to, like, <laughs> step on some toes. But um, it would be great if, like, a queer artist lived in Moab and just showcased it to people. That is how queer people have always um, strengthened themselves with our creativity. We're really blessed as 
gay people already uh, challenging the rules because that's all being creative is, is challenging it. Maybe, maybe I'll be a drag queen. I keep saying it. I talked to this drag queen that lives in Durango and they were like, well, you need to be it. If there needs to be a drag queen in Moab, then that's your calling. Even you'll have to be a bearded one because you ain't shaven, but fill this full of glitter and then put on an eyelash. <laughs> Do a one-two step to some Beyonce song. No, I don't know. It would have to be very Moab though. I love the trash and show concept because that's very Moab. Recycling and reusing things. There needs to be a very Moab drag queen. And there needs to be a queer presence in Moab. It is such a unique place where everybody gets to do what they want to do. If you want to go rafting, you get a raft. If you want to mountain bike, there's so much of that out there. It's interesting city because it feels full of people doing all sorts of things but it's got a moderate population of people and the people that live here other than a few pockets that we have found ourselves in are kind of more conservative leaning a lot of times i don't know i really sad lately about the anti-trans bills that keep coming up and just people trying to limit what children can see in public spaces because they need to know that it's out there and that maybe someday they can also be queer if they are not currently allowed to be so. But it makes me want to wear a dress down Main Street because people deserve to see that. And if I make people uncomfortable, then I'm glad. <laughs> I, that's where I am at this point in my life. I want there to be as much queerness in public as possible. We need to be heard. Our voices need to be heard. We need to be seen. People need to remember that we exist. Even if it seems like, why are they shoving it in our faces? Well, Everyone shoves their ideas into everyone else's faces. That's why we, people go down the street with their flags, but it's the same but different. <laughs> and that's my biased opinion, but like we need our lifestyle to be in front of people or else we get forgotten. And just with how crazy the world is, I, I never for a second think that all the rights that gay people have nowadays, the LGBT, are going to continue. Clearly not. Trans people are, like, being put in danger more and more all the time. I would walk down the street with my, like, nails painted and high heels and just acting a, a fool. <laughs> but, like, it's scarier to do it now. You don't... I never... As a queer person first coming out of the closet, I just assumed that the United States would just become more and more uh, accepting. But it's a pendulum and it swings and people get more polarized. So it's, it's important that we keep fighting and reminding people that we will stick up for ourselves <laughs> and we will be present.
there's so many problems in the world, and the fact that there is half the country that would rather focus on the LGBT than the other hundred things they could be focused on, it's a distraction for them. It's easy for them to hate marginalized people than to take responsibility for themselves. But that's only half the country. The other half is great. joy would mean freedom where you can dance around and just wear what you want to wear and talk the way you want to talk and um, nobody is stopping you from that and that's not available at all spaces so when you find a space where you can excitedly find a perfect costume to dress up in or just even an outfit and be yourself that is queer joy it's important as queer people to just embrace what makes them unique and really enjoy those things about themselves i find queer joy every day with my partner we we make room for queer joy every day been listening to lift up a show that elevates community voices in the high desert thanks to zachary for spending time with us and sharing your thoughts on identity and home this episode was produced by ma russell with support from kzmu Lift Up is a storytelling project of KZMU featuring conversations with locals whose identities and experiences have not traditionally been prioritized on the airwaves. Lift Up intends to deepen understanding and empathy within our community and reinforce a sense of safety and belonging for all. Lift Up is made possible with the support of Moab Pride and Moab City. Thanks for being here.